And hello, and welcome back to another bomb episode of Person of Interest with me, Natalie Jones. What's going on? I'm so excited to introduce you to this next chick, as I am every week. Now, I am legit excited every week because I don't bring on anyone who I don't think is amazing that everybody else needs to know, okay? I get a ping in my bod of like, oh, I want to know more about this person. I want to know more about this story. And then I want everybody else to know about it, too, because y'all should know about it. That is by Richter Scarrell for having people on here. <laughs> Just like, yo, this is dope. Everybody's got to know. So this is that is exactly what we're doing today um, with Dr. Sarah Crawford. Now, before we move on to that, though, I do want to talk about Emily Henkel last week. I mean, showstopper. Everyone, thank you so much for supporting Emily and her family, for coming to the live broadcast, for listening to the live broadcast, and to showing Emily your support. It means so much to her. All the DMs, all of the love. This girl really, that is a real story. I mean, it's absolutely out of control. One day at a time for her, one breath at a time. And this process for her has been insurmountable and helping on her on her journey. And it all comes from you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It goes so far. It all goes so far. Nothing goes unnoticed. So thank you. Now, why we're bringing Dr. Sarah Crawford on today is she is with, she started and founded the Anchor Wellness Center here in Cincinnati. You can find them online at anchorcincy.com and on Instagram, they are Anchor Wellness Cincy. What I love about her is that she is a Western medicine doctor and she works with a whole bunch of other Western medicine doctors, but they bring their practice to you in a holistic manner. I know. So they do things like physical therapy, health and wellness in general, coaching, strength, strength training, training, strength training. Training, strength coaching, oh my gosh, my retainer, Pilates reformer, Pilates in general, yoga classes, and so much more. They got a lot of nutritional stuff going on there. They also have an eating disorder specialist, which, you know, I love. It means a whole lot to me. They are here for all ages, shapes, and sizes, and they give it to you real. What she does is she removes any red tape or any sort of information wall that you think you have between you and your doctor of like, I don't really know what's going on, but the doctor said this, so I'm just going to do this, and I'm doing this move because the doctor said so. She breaks it all down so that you know exactly what you're doing, so that you can empower yourself to do the same things at home and move forward with it and treat your body and think about your body in a whole different way, which is really cool. She legit changed my world and how I did Pilates and how I held my body and my posture for so long. I had chronic back pain that has like, honestly kind of gone away since I've been going to Dr. Crawford which is crazy. It's all because of how I've been formatting or the formation of my body and posture, et cetera. So she's the real deal. Check her out once again. Listen to this. And then she's really, she's a, she's a go-getter from the, from the beginning here. But you can find her online at anchorcincy.com and Anchor Wellness Cincy on Instagram. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Dr. Sarah Crawford, can you tell me everything you're a doctor in and what your specialties are? Sure. Yeah, so I'm a doctor of physical therapy and I have a certification in physical in Pilates as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I founded the Anchor Wellness Center, with, which is an, an integrative healthcare collaborative. Mm-hmm. Um, we bring like-minded health and wellness providers into the same space yeah. to provide highly efficient and effective care without all the bureaucratic red tape that a lot of the systems that we have here locally have. Which I love. That speaks to my heart a lot. Mm-hmm. Anything... Um, anti-establishment unfortunately (laughs) just built within me I'm like yes but also it's not that it's that like the normals really are changing and science is changing and um the tech I just say the technology but like human technology just the way we uh care for our bodies is really changing yeah well and I think we've been doing it long enough this way and it's become readily apparent that it doesn't work yeah 
you know, it doesn't promote health. Um, a lot of these systems promote illness. Uh, they're reactive. Mm -hmm. They're not proactively teaching anything. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, our goal of our business is to be able to put ourselves out of business. You know, if we're yeah. doing a good enough job of educating people, um, they should not really need us. Which is so, I mean, thank you so much for like, ha for having that. I'm like, that is not, um, that is not the way of like, my, of medicine, especially not in like PT stuff or whatnot. Like yeah. I used to go, for instance, to a chiropractor because I had these chronic back issues and I would just go in, he would do the same five things and be like, all right, sign you up for another package. See you in two weeks. Yeah. And like yeah. that, and I never had any, never any help from it. And what I love about you is that you really talk to your patients clients, you know, everyone, and you ask them, where does the pain start? And then you break it down from there even further, further, further. And then you get all sciencey and doctory yeah. and, um, in the best way. And then you explain, like, you just explained to me what happened. Like you really changed my, how I approach exercise and fitness. And I thought I just knew everything. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just knew this forever. You know, yep. I just do it was stuck in my routine and especially Pilates, which is my favorite thing in the world <laughs> to do. I've been doing Pilates on the regular for years. And then you made me realize that I've been doing it wrong. And it's just because the way that I was listening to the instructor mm -hmm. was incorrect. Yeah. I mean, there's a, <clears throat> there's a million ways of doing things mm -hmm. and you know, all movement is good movement. Yeah. For the most part, unless it's not good for you. And I think that's where, um, where the providers in our network at the Anchor Wellness Center really um, are different in that mm -hmm. we're looking at each individual as like, what is your body capable of? What are, what's your capacity? You know, beyond physical therapy, beyond movement, from a health coaching standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint, from a psychology standpoint, like what are you capable of right now? and what's achievable and then what like baby steps can we take long term that makes this sustainable um, and across the the disciplines of care if you can identify those tiny little pieces then you you take the opportunity to educate somebody about their body in doses and then they can choose going forward you know you can choose now to go to a pilates class anywhere you want mm -hmm. and be able to make adjustments that are appropriate to your body. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that's, I think, where we kind of set ourselves apart. And, and really the mark we're trying to make is that um, there's not necessarily a wrong way or a right way, but it's like what's best for you. I think, I mean, yes. And you really hit the nail, hit the head on the nail or whatever. You make it individual and you break it down. Mm -hmm. So like I, I cannot speak so much more. I just think everything that you do is amazing. And there isn't anybody else doing what you're doing that I know of that I've ever heard of. And yeah. it's really, I think it's worth it. Cause, um, so you changed the, w the way that I think about Pilates, but that is also like transferred to life. Like how you're approaching every time you get hurt or how you're approaching the way that you care for your body and what you do when things get hurt mm -hmm. or when things get out of whack a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's where people stand to make the biggest impact on their long-term health mm -hmm. is just being aware of what you're feeling on a regular basis. You know, if you're, if you've had a busy weekend and you were running around and you didn't get good sleep and you wake up and you're not terribly well refreshed, like maybe that's not the best day to do a high intensity workout. Yeah. You know, maybe that's not the day to um, 
to do your intermittent fasting. You know what? Right now is your time to shine because this go hard, work hard, burn through it. That is all being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dislodged, decom. It's all being, what's it called? We broken down. Yeah. Yeah. That that mentality mm -hmm. is so in media and society is everyone's kind of realizing that doesn't work for any of us. I think, I think like, uh, COVID had a lot to do with that, Mm -hmm. but also now more people like you are standing up and saying, I'm a health professional and that is not sustainable. And it's, well, it's going to cut you off in the long run. No, I, I think people don't realize that, you know, really all of this is stress. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's I have to work out daily or I have to work 12 hours a day at my desk or I have to run around and take my kids to every damn class that I signed them up for yeah. um, or I have to make a bajillion dollars. Like the body doesn't differentiate between all of those different circumstances. Mm-hmm. The body just uh, understands it as stress. And then there's a whole physiologic event that happens with um, hormones in response to that. Okay, so this is uh, what I'm excited to talk about. Mm -hmm. So so it's the fight or or flight response. But just in general, your body... Your body knows, your body has memory muscle. And when it goes through stress, even if you're not maybe really actively cerebrally in it and acknowledge it as stress and understand that concept, your body does and is tensing up in all these little micro ways that are affecting everything about how your body works. Yeah, I mean, primarily the initial response to stress Mm -hmm. is that the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight, Mm -hmm. sort of elevates. And with that, the the sympathetic nervous system over... Um, oversees like circulatory and heart uh, systems. Mm -hmm. So it increases our blood pressure and our heart rate and our respiratory rate because the body's preparing to flee danger. Yeah. But what you see as danger and what your brain sees as danger are totally different things. And this could be anything from like, somebody cut me off in driving. Exactly. To, oh, I hate when you say that to me. Or like, oh, I hate my boss. Yes. Or, oh. Right. Right. And so then you'll get this like initial spike. And then the brain will sort of like reorganize and be like, oh, okay, right. That was just like a traffic jam. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say that like the next flight you get cut off. Mm-hmm. Or like the whole drive home is stop and go. And that's every single day of your life. Yeah. So you like condition your brain to be like really have this elevated fight or flight on a regular basis. And after time, um, the secondary system sort of kicks on and we'll just keep that that uh, that readiness. And so this is where we see um, what do you mean by secondary system? It's called the HPA axis. So um, after that fight or flight gets elevated, the um, the hypopituitary um, adrenal axis gets elevated. And that's what um, will kind of keep cortisol high in our systems for a long time. Okay, and cortisol is bad. Yes, in, in prolonged dosages. Okay. Yeah, and so that's where, you know, with chronic stress, we see fatigue, weight gain, mm-hmm. um, brain fog, and that's because of this elevated cortisol system. Oh, wow. And the weird thing about cortisol is when it's in our blood, for a long time, it will kind of steal some of our sex hormones. Mm -hmm. So it'll steal progesterone and testosterone, leaving estrogen really high. Mm -hmm. And estrogen can be, in high doses, can be really pathologic for soft tissue, for muscles and tendons and ligaments. So what exactly does that mean? So it leads us likely to be injured. So Ah. we create, when estrogen's pretty high, we can have like ligamentous laxity. Um, 
the lactic acid that's they always say um not necessarily lactic acid that's a different um okay but they get loose like we can the tendons and ligaments don't have as much structural integrity mm. and so this is like the way i always describe it is that the stress response in our sex hormones are like these cogwheels and throw the thyroid in there as well and they're all these cogwheels that like work together and when one's um, off then the rest are off yeah. and so we just put ourselves at really high risk of um, like little micro injuries mm -hmm. that a lot of us just dismiss right like oh my back's a little sore today mm -hmm. or oh I've got a headache today and this is not for this is not for athletes this is not for everyone no, who's is, who's crazy infinite this is just every day no matter what your lifestyle exactly is. yeah and this is so when I um, when I'm treating people who have chronic pain and for the most part they're not like um, you know, people who, individuals who can't function. I mean, mm -hmm. these are people who function very well. They still exercise. They go to all their family parties. They're high achieving um, professionals, but they live in pain every day. Mm -hmm. And they're always like, but why am I in so much pain? And it's like, well, tell me about your life. Um, this is what I love you. So Sarah, well, you go into not like yeah. your elbow hurts, do this, but anyway, break yeah. it down. Yeah. It so, down. you know, we start talking and they're like, you know, I'm in an unhappy marriage and I have been for a bajillion years mm -hmm. and I hate my job or, you know, my kids are really hard right now. And so we start bringing up these things that basically indicate that they're in this chronic fight or flight. Yeah. And then when we talk through like physiologically what happens, we start to identify like, oh, no wonder you're not healing. So in order to really heal, that cortisol level has to come down. Um, and so mindfulness practice and just anything that's stress reducing is helpful. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is sometimes people use exercise as stress reducing, which is where yes. these, like, <laughs> where it's just super important to know your body because yeah. exercise can be super helpful for stress reduction, but sometimes it can be pathologic too. Yeah. Especially like what, um, because I know way more about exercise than the science of what mm -hmm. you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But what kills me is when I see people go into these crazy high intensity classes when their body's obviously not built for it. Right. And, and I can just tell from a mile away, like this person is only going to gain weight because they're putting their body in stress. And mm -hmm. I have a friend who started working out so much and she just naturally gained 30 pounds mm -hmm. and she was exercising more than she ever has and doing all this stuff. And it just wasn't, wasn't right for her. Right. And then like, and then honestly, and then when she was pregnant, she lost weight, was in better shape and was um, so much happier. Yeah. Hormones. Yeah. Hormones. Yeah. It just, it wasn't for her. Yeah. And now I don't think that she does the stuff anymore. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, it, you really do have to pay attention. I think so many times we're just pressured to like jump into something. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, you just recently talked with Lori Yarrow, but she's also a friend of mine. And, you know, she and I were talking about how exercise doesn't have to be, um, formal like it doesn't have to be that you walk into a class and you sweat and you walk out like fitness can come from so many different places it can come from gardening it can mm -hmm. come from like painting your house you know like it, you're it, it, there's just so many things that it doesn't have to be this structured kill yourself process yeah. but if it is because that's what makes you feel good you got to have a better barometer about where you are on an everyday life like cycle like where mm -hmm. what are you feeling today and you got to pay attention to those little aches and pains I mean yeah. aches and pains are totally normal um and again like you know while I'm a physical therapist uh, aches and pains can be used um 
sort of broadly as, you know, where are, that could also be disappointment with where you are in life or mm -hmm. feeling stuck. It doesn't have to be strictly talking about the physical body. I mean, we can talk about it from a mental, spiritual, uh, emotional state as well. Um, but if you can really kind of hone in on like where you are, like from a performance standpoint at baseline on any given day, mm -hmm. then you can kind of know like, okay, what can I, can I push myself today? Yeah. Should I take it easy? Should I give myself like an hour lunch break? You know, like, can I, can I maybe have that second cup of coffee because it brings me down a little, Yeah. you know, there's just, there's just little tiny lifestyle choices you can make to enhance that resting place. Do you have any, um, tips for someone who needs to like identify you're not feeling 100 percent, and you are looking at like making the decision for the day do i do this do this do this like what can they do in that moment to decide what, what they should what, do yeah what is best for them um you know i like my rule of thumb is like do something that makes you feel good mm -hmm. right um and so you know, some people that's journaling, some people that's like listening to music, some people that's a cup of coffee. Talk it out. T talk it I'm out. Talk yeah. It out. I'm always talking out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people it's a glass of wine, not that I'm promoting having a glass of wine at 9am, mm -hmm. <laughs> but like figure out what it is that makes you feel good because the moment you think about that, you get this little endorphin release. Mm -hmm. You get this little neurotransmitter that goes into the, into the brain and stimulates a part of the brain that sort of recycles those hormones, like your resting hormones and neurotransmitters. So, you know, you got to kind of get into your own little um, routine of like, and, and, and honestly, that is a really good practice of having a routine mm -hmm. just um, to wake up and kind of do like the same sort of intention setting exercise on any given day. Um, but a mindfulness practice is huge of just really paying attention. Like, are you carrying stress? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling down? Are you fatigued? Um, but yeah, I would say probably the best practice is just having like a little uh, morning sort of uh, come to Jesus talk with yourself. Yeah. Of like, what am I experiencing? Gosh, well, like all those things you just said, like, am I feeling down? Am I feeling fatigued? Am I feeling stressed? Like, yes, yes to yeah. all of those. all of us. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us are, especially the world as we were talking about this earlier. So like as the world is opening up and going back to normal, I am personally and I think, a, I think a lot of people are this way now, like nervous about it. I'm not used to it. There are more people driving on the street in my neighborhood. It just pisses me off yeah. just for no reason. Yeah. Just I like turn this corner every day and I'm like, oh no, there's so many cars on the road. Yeah. And like for some reason it just kind of like mm, just irks me a little bit, right? But also over COVID, I changed a lot. Mm -hmm. Before this, I was go, 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 a thousand percent having literally routine not routine but um kind of frequent anxiety attacks where out of nowhere i would start hysterically crying mm -hmm. like i would leave yoga classes all the time and like lay on the ground and the yoga student, like i just was having them a lot right but that was just like the way i functioned and how to get over it is i would ha drink a glass of wine and wake up and go to yoga the next day or some sort of class push through. anyway i was in like this bad cycle right my cycle was broken now COVID, it's taken eight to 18 months whatever to totally change it but now we go back to the world and the world, I have to do all the same things that I was doing in that unhealthy cycle before, but now everything's different and I'm different mm -hmm. and like, I'm freaking out about it. Yeah. So like, what do I do now? Yeah. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of opportunity for people to set boundaries. 
Oh, you know? sounds so <laughs> simple. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to write that down. I'm like, set more boundaries. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's as easy as just declining an invitation, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's hard. You We were just having this conversation. Professionally speaking, we get a lot of invitations. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, in my life, I feel like there's, there's ebbs and flows. Like there's periods where it's kind of go, go, go. But I think naturally I'm an introvert and I recharge at home and I force myself to have those times. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've just gotten really, um, really good about like not doing things after a certain hour. Right. So like that's my boundary Um, or weekends like those weekends are very rarely a place that you'll see me doing anything other than what I want to be doing. Yeah. (laughs) Lucky you. Sounds amazing. I think like now is a really great time for all of us to take this as a moment to like you really can rewrite your life. Absolutely. As woo woo as it is Mm -hmm. like you, you really are starting a new normal. We're all approaching it. Like you can really right now is the time to set those boundaries and to make something stick and also do it with some grace that it might not work. And then you can change from there. Yeah. Like whatever you're going to try this time is not set in stone. No. You can change it the next day. And by the way, like probably a lot of people feel the same way as you. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, we're hearing it a lot. Uh, My husband just, you know, absolutely so upset that that COVID's over. (laughs) In a way I am too. (laughs) He's like, wait, what? We have to go to a party? I'm right? like, mm-hmm, this we do. So yeah. I just love the fact that I wasn't allowed to hug anyone. So yeah. I was like, anyway. But I do think that, you know, on this like metaphysical place, you know, who knows where where COVID started, right? Mm-hmm. Every, people are going to argue about it for, for Ever, forever. Eternity. Yeah. But could we all maybe take a moment to think about the fact that maybe there was something bigger at play? Yeah. You know, is it possible that we were all going too hard and too fast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's, and then when you really look at it, like there's some smaller countries, I mean, many, many countries across this globe have been affected by COVID yeah. very seriously, but there's some small little countries that weren't, that you would have expected that it would have just like annihilated really? their, their countries, yeah. the, you know, small countries in in Africa and, um, uh, on the southern, southeastern side of Asia, I believe, um, that have multi-generational homes and mm-hmm. none of them were like severely impacted by this. And you think like, was this like a Western thing? Like, was this like a big sign for us to all just take a chill pill? Mm-hmm. And probably, and I think that we all see a lot of silver linings in yeah. COVID. And I think people should use that. Like in, and you know, in around this discussion, people should use those strategies that they, that they learned during this last 14, 15 months and apply it going forward. You know, um, maybe you don't have to exercise in a facility, in a studio every single day. Maybe you can go out and get a walk. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say like the, and and it's well-documented, I'm not um, making any grand proclamation out of my own brain, but social connection is huge. And that has definitely suffered. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a lot to be said about just seeing other people, talking to other people, um, and especially in um, a geriatric population or in, in the, the population of, you know, probably 70, 80, 90 year olds who yeah. aren't as tech savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's really, really crazy important for them as they're in this uh, stage of life that where they are. And we're talking about like hormones and everything like so those touches and those um 
those community moments, you know, and those connective moments mm -hmm. are super huge for your hormones and yeah. for your endorphins and the way that your body is functioning as well. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. just as important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the big thing. I mean, social connection, being able to meet somebody where they are and have a conversation like this mm -hmm. does a ton for that stress system yeah of just like kind of and that's like why you like to talk it out right mm -hmm. like it just gives you that opportunity to literally sort of physically connect with somebody else over a thought yeah <laughs> and that I mean that in and of itself and this is a, a whole nother day's conversation yeah. but our thoughts drive hormone production as well so you know but but that's um you know it really is there's science behind everything that we do mm -hmm. um and a lot of it, when you really start sort of whittling it away, just comes down to like perception and self-awareness and just really being able to identify what's happening in your body at any given day and any given moment. Okay. Yeah. I think it's like a good, uh, what I do to, to stay uh, mentally aware um, is ask myself, why? Three times. There's, it's, it's, it's a theory that is actually some name. I don't know what the <laughs> name of it is. Um, but just think of like what's the issue you're having and then why three times. And if you got, if you got to go deeper, then go deeper than that. But I feel like those three are a good parameter of like, okay. Do you do that when you're feeling a certain way on any given day? Yes. Not every single time. No. Do I just tend to freak out? Yes. A lot. <laughs> like, yes. But, 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 it's, but it's getting a lot better, yeah. you know, just through talking out and, and um, you know, the more human connection. But taking the time to really as, you know, as um, – as overplayed as this will be is like just taking the time to stop and be mindful about it mm -hmm. and like okay and then I think the next action from there is really important that's having the balls to follow whatever that answer is definitely because just um, the courage is what I meant by that and just because you figure it out if you keep ignoring it then you're just ignoring yourself even more which is going to increase your chances of getting hurt or getting sick yeah 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 a lot of people feel selfish mm -hmm. when they do that like yeah. if they if they take a, a self-care hour especially women you yeah. know women yeah. th that idea of taking time for themselves is really um negative yeah and so i try and encourage women to give themselves time but people in general um self-care which is really what we're talking about yeah. is often um thought as of as like a privileged uh, opportunity mm -hmm. and it's not at all we all have access to self-care it's exactly like we were just talking about as things are opening back up it's saying no that's mm -hmm. self-care it's you know it's opening your windows to let fresh air in mm -hmm. and it's moving your desk to sit by a window and get more vitamin d like there are things that that can be done that cost nothing and really take very little time but I think the uh, the marketing industry around self-care is that you have to get a facial and a massage and do yoga and play with goats. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I want to, um, it's like in the beginning of COVID when I was still in that go, 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 go mentality. Like I tend just as a, as a, just who I am ingrained in me to like get really obsessed with something and then like do it till it hurts or yeah. burns or, you know. Um, so self-care was part of that. I never did any self-care at all before this like I wouldn't even like buy lotion for my face I would just be like that's fine I'll figure yeah. it out you know <laughs> um but so then when I started getting into it YouTubing self-care videos right so then I'm all about self-care right <laughs> and then within that though like 
all of these things that I learned, I would get stressed and overwhelmed because I wasn't doing all of them. And, and then I'd watch these videos of like 10 things you should do every day. And I'd be like, that bitch, that's going to be two hours out of my day. It's absurd. Like, how are we going to do any of this stuff? It's going to cost so much money to buy all these bamboo brushes and all this stuff. And I was like, there's got to be another way. It is. Okay, it's true. Be another way. Yeah. And there's just, you know, you can't fault the marketing industry, right? Like there, everybody wants to make money. And it's re- self-care is recession proof because this is going to be a thing with every human for the rest, the beginning for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. But you just have to like pick and choose what works for you. I've got this one patient who, um, well, multiple patients, but one in particular that I'm thinking of that I've finally told him, like, do not buy another damn thing on the internet without asking me first. Like, please stop doing it. It's a great move. (laughs) You are wasting so much of your money and so much of your time. He came in with these like plastic patches with some gold shit on it and I'm like this is like I don't know what you think this is doing put it on your feet yeah he's like I'm supposed to put it where my pain is I'm like oh my (laughs) goodness gracious like which you know more power to people to try it but there's there's a lot of gimmicky stuff out there a lot of times it really is very simple eat well drink well Mm -hmm. get good rest move your body and connect with other people oh girl amen I am 100% right there with you as well I feel like it's so much simpler than y'all think it than, really is than than we all yeah and we all think you know collectively and like i didn't realize any of this until i like lived in places or went on trips or like where i lived as simple as possible for mm-hmm. months at a time mm-hmm. and I, I just didn't have any access to anything else and then i realized wow that's like the happiest i've ever been that's the best i've ever slept yeah that's the most regular i've ever been constipation is a huge deal for me yeah. in my life you know <laughs> i get so stressed and i'm like oh yep. you know and i was like those are the most important things yeah like yeah. health is our most important thing in life yeah yeah and that's where i think you know 2021 you've seen a, a big surge in health coaches mm-hmm. um and i think that's a really cool role that's going to be a lot more prevalent in healthcare moving forward. Yeah. Um, because what health coaches do is serve as like an advocate and they, they streamline all of the information you go to Google for mm-hmm. and give you what you need, like what's relevant to you, you know, um, intermittent fasting is great for some people, but not great for everyone, mm-hmm. depending on where you are in life, male, female, you know, what your medical history is. Uh, you know, if you're diabetic, intermittent fasting is not a good thing for you to be doing. Yeah. Um, so health coaches, you know, they, they function on those five things that we just mentioned and they help give people, um, guidance on achieving those five simple things easily mm-hmm. without having to do all of the trial and error on your own. And then they have like a little accountability action where they you just check in with them. Um, but they're great like liaisons between clients and medical providers because mm-hmm. they can help us in the medical industry carry out our plans of care. So, you know, a lot of times um, if I'm working with somebody in chronic pain and they've got really, really poor sleep hygiene, um, you know, I'll talk about them talk about it initially with them but that's um not always their best use of time with me Mm -hmm. and so these these health coaches are really fantastic for helping to just give people little doses of um, tips and tidbits to try and then follow up on did it work did it not work but you know we've we've personally seen in the last three months more and more internists reaching out to us saying hey like tell me more about these like about the health coaches on your team how can we work together 
Um, but it really, it's so basic. It's so basic, but we all get overwhelmed by it, and especially when you go to Google. I mean, it's just, oh, or yeah. Instagram, or Pinterest, or YouTube. I mean, it's awesome that we have these social media outlets to share information, but mm -hmm. that information isn't always right for every single person. Yeah, I think it's, um, and also people use, are now using this information in, in, in the same way as a quick fix. Yeah. That they use and yeah. something else, like, I'm just gonna do this and then that'll be fine. Yeah. I'm gonna start working out on Tuesday and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, so I, I obviously own my own business, but there's a lot of tons of people that want to help you learn how to start your own physical therapy practice on Instagram. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like this, all these mastermind groups and blah, 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 okay. which, you know, for somebody who's just getting started and maybe knows nothing about business, they're, I'm sure they're probably helpful to some extent, mm -hmm. but, um, around social media, the biggest concern is sharing your knowledge. You know, what if I put too much of my knowledge out there? People won't come in. And in theory, that's absurd, right? Like you're sharing a little bit of your knowledge, but people shouldn't know how to apply it. Yeah. But people do, or people try. Yeah. And so there is like there, it's a, it, there's a little bit of danger in like going to the internet for help because it's not specific to you. Mm -hmm. And then is there also the factor of, um, well, number one, let's talk about that. That's huge. Because everyone is individual, and that is what you guys do yeah. specifically. Everyone is individual, and unless you understand your body, and I think it's hard for people to really understand their bodies. Yeah, they don't, because nothing in our um, society encourages doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, you go into gym class, and uh, like for you, for example, when we re really retaught you how to like set your pelvis mm -hmm. and engage like your deep abdominals uh, through the breath, so you're you down train that starting in elementary school when they do the sit-up test in PE class. Ah. So the very first time you ever learn to do a sit-up is when you're doing sit-ups for time in like third grade. And so people ask me all the time, like, how come I don't know how to do this? Or how come I do this wrong? Well, yeah. we were taught wrong literally from the get-go. Yeah. And not necessarily from the get-go because the brain has patterns of doing things from birth. Like we have these mm -hmm. reflexes that teach us how to do things. But then life happens yeah. and um, and you get into elementary school and you go and do your little sit-up test or you go to do, did you do a pull-up test? Uh, no. Oh my gosh, we did and I won. This is my, like I peaked Way in third go. grade. Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Lat I was the, uh, the pull-up queen of uh, probably like third grade in Mr. Blankenship's class. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and that was my peak. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, you learn, you create these little compensations at a tiny little age. Yeah. And then you just, you have to unlearn things and that's super hard. You know, what's crazy about that is I feel like I'm just now starting to do that um, on the same breath. Like I started running before school to lose weight and ever exercise in the fourth grade, um, like yeah. in the fourth grade, I was yeah. like, and doing sit-ups and I would come back anyway. Yeah. All of that stuff, you know, mm -hmm. which I learned just from like, I wanted to be in the Olympics. I wanted to be the best athlete ever, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, I think we as women, um, and I wanted to be really skinny. Yeah, well, exactly. So that's really women what it was. exercise, that's really what it was. <laughs> women exercise to get a smaller body, men exercise for performance. Mm. That's so true. And if we can change that mind shift and, and that's, uh, again, I speak more globally, not just around exercise. I'm using that as like a euphemism for everything, mm -hmm. right? Like women typically care about how we look. Men care more about how we, they perform. Mm -hmm. 
And mm-hmm. so when you're talking about behaviors at work, behaviors at home, behaviors with friends, exercising behaviors, stress tolerance behaviors, all of that is all to, like, to challenge our perception, how we are perceived by others as a female. Whereas men have a different philosophy at times, not all the times, and this is not a 100% true statement, but this is one of my, like, I've got lots of opinions on things, but this is one of my opinions. We got time. <laughs> <laughs> this is like we could just radically change the way women access exercise in their brains and just mm-hmm. change why you're doing it. Yeah, you know, you didn't even. I'm um. I've been spending a lot of time this month talking about um fitness and the correlation between that and food and you know and why we all do it. And it's insane that I think a lot of us unconsciously are doing these unhealthy behaviors where you think we're being healthy. For sure. That's like a common thread that I found is like we all, like I thought that that was like. Because that's what we're fed. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be willing to like uh, think differently. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to like dig deeper. Um, yeah. And and not like, well, and I'm like a marketing person's dream, right? Like Trader yeah. Joe's, <laughs> Whole Foods, like all the stuff on the way to the checkout, I'm buying it. Yeah. <laughs> but like in, for whatever reason, in fitness, I have a much better ability to like weed through It's because you understand the body. I think you understand the body yeah. and, the, and the connection and the, important, and the importance of it all. Like um, the first time somebody said the word flow for me, uh, was probably like a decade ago. I was in a coffee shop anyway, and someone was like, "Where do you, when do you find your flow? And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Are you talking about my period or something? You know? <laughs> um, no, but, but, but I feel like achieving flow and in, in when you're doing that in movement, no matter what that movement is, is really, um, I think, like the, the, is like the best goal. I think that that's like the ultimate goal, right? Right. And how do you, but that's not anything that any of us taught. And by flow, that means like the symbiosis between mm-hmm. your mind and your body and mm-hmm. the way that it's moving at the same time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's, I, I mean, I do think that we have been, I'm backtracking quite a bit here for a moment, but going back to like things opening back up and mm-hmm. COVID being over, yeah. quote unquote, um, we as a society have been ingrained with go, 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 you know, wake up, make breakfast, get the kids dressed, you know, pack lunches, go to work, come back, do it all again. Um, and COVID gate was a pause for everyone. And, um, I think that we have an opportunity to resist the pressure of that societal push to constantly be going. And that resistance will allow people the opportunity to sit back and give themselves space and really just listen. And not even talking about, um, you know, having to have these um, deep conversations with yourself. You don't have to meditate for three hours with no thoughts. Yeah. It's not about that. It's literally just time to be aware, to just pay attention. Um, And it's not, it's not strenuous. It's not heavy lifting. It just takes practice. Okay. So just changing that thought, just changing. Can you give us like a couple clues on how to like get, like, how would you even start that if you don't even know? So like, I'll use an example with my husband. Uh, my husband for years has always worn shoes mm-hmm. and um, like what, in, in the house. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. And, and out of the house, but uh, always worn shoes in the house. And I'm like, why are you wearing shoes in the house for? And he's like, I don't know. It's just something I've always done. Well, your feet have like the number one, like the highest concentration of free nerve endings. Oh. So when you walk around your house without shoes on, you get a lot of input from like the environment. 
that will sort of rattle your brain for lack of a better word to like allow you to be in more like in tune with your body so like that's a super easy thing to do of just like spend time without shoes on wow that, Not, yeah and when you say that like that is really huge yeah well there's like take your shoes off and walk in the grass like, yeah that's yeah and that's there's huge. there's a lot of people who you know who who think who believe that there's that grounding of of walking out in the grass and just kind of standing in the grass without shoes on really sort of grounds you to the earth and allows you to pick up the energy from the earth that's constantly cycling mm-hmm. but just being without shoes is super easy and a, a really fast way to just become more aware yeah. You know, if you take your shoes off and you're walking around and you're like, oh, this hurts, that's a problem. Yeah. So like, that's something where you should be like, okay, why? Like, what am I doing? You know, it's so crazy you say that is that once again, pre COVID, I would wake up and put my same dance goes on every day. Cause if I wasn't wearing them, my back would hurt so bad. And I would literally like walk around my house naked in a robe with my dance goes on all day, <laughs> all day. I can see that, you know? And like, and now I don't do, I recently like left them somewhere and I challenged myself there at like my brother's house. I was like, I will pick them up when I'm ready. And they're like, aren't you freak? And I'm like, no, but honestly, but for that same reason, uh-huh. because I realized like, man, I have to like, it's, it's totally changing the way that I walk because my back hurts all mm-hmm. the time. And then it's like all the things mm-hmm. unraveling it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think there's like a good opportunity to look at the things that you do on a regular basis. And that there's something that you don't like doing that you make yourself do like reevaluate whether or not you really need to do it. Like, is there one thing of all the things that you do on a seven day um, schedule that you could just say no to? And sometimes that little bit of no gives you power to like take back control of your own self. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Something, something that when you just said that, something can't pop into my mind. Yeah. I'm like, I know exactly what yeah. I'm doing. But the whole thing is, is like when you start doing these things, when you become more self-aware, when you, um, when you start regulating your energy output based off of what brings you joy, what makes you happy, what makes you feel good, mm-hmm. we bring down that nervous system. We bring down that sympathetic fight or flight. And that's really what it's all about. Like in order to have, um, again, super relevant to this, this period of life that we're in with COVID, like in order to have the, the greatest amount of health for the longest period of time, we have to keep all of the like cogwheel systems operating at their highest capacity. Lubed up. Exactly. And so that really does come down to stress modulation. Wow. It really, it does. really does. I mean, and, and you can, any of the research you look up, I mean, chronic stress is just so incredibly pathologic. What are the places, what are they called? Are they super green places where the people live um, post 100? Plat past 100 you know what those those areas in the world are called oh when you the live. blue yeah like super the blue, blue zones yeah okay i'm gonna look that up but like the common thread i'm all into like that type of mm-hmm. figuring out that stuff whatever and like the, the common thread between all of them is that they sit less they do work but they don't work 110 percent. but they work long hours of um i don't want to say of the word jovial at a 70 yeah. percent and um, they're happy. Yeah. When I was first pregnant, I read this book called The Danish Way because the Danes are year over year thought of the happiest people on I the know. planet. What is that thing called they do? The, the oh, uh, well, every, every Sunday they get together with their families. Um, and that's what you're talking about. And the word is not coming to me. Where they do nothing? Uh-huh. They all come together in one house. They make, they make meals together all day long. They yeah. play games. 
But a lot of it is that at, at, in, at infancy, at childhood, parents and um, don't, heli- they're not helicopter parents. They let their kids get in fights. They let their kids argue over a toy. If they see that their kid's about to like fall off the swing set, you know, they don't interrupt it. Like they, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they obviously don't let their kids like die, but um, they allow their children to develop fight or flight modulation Yeah, at an wow. early age. And then a lot of their like fairy tales don't have happy endings. And so children are exposed to like negative emotions at a young age. And I remember a couple years ago, um, we were losing a dog and I reached out to Ashley Solomon who owns Gallia Collaborative to ask her like how to handle it with mm-hmm. my kids. And she was like, listen, like at a young age, kids don't have emotion attached to death. They just see the life cycle. Like mm-hmm. they watch grass grow, they watch it die. They watch a plant grow, they watch it die. They watch a dog grow, they watch it die. Um, and so she was like, you know, it's just a really great time to celebrate that life cycle. And I think that's what the Danes do. Like they just, they ingratiate mm-hmm. these processes of dealing with adversity for a really young age so that as an adult when their boss is an asshole to them it doesn't ruin their day yeah wow i mean because that that is like from the beginning the way you know the the emotions that you put Mm -hmm. on with everything you know i was thinking about it this morning and just by taking um listening to yourself more and making more decisions based on that what we're talking about you know not only is empowering but it also like i'm a full believer in self-will I believe that every human being, you can do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. at every moment of every day. Yep. Whether you agree or you adhere to societal norms or the law or anything, like you don't have to. Right. You legit don't. But you have to be prepared to face the consequences if you don't. Right. And within that, I feel like that is huge of giving the kids from the beginning the like, you can figure it out. Yeah. Like as much as I will like complain about I don't know, we all do a little bit of like our parents upbringing or whatnot, you know? I do feel like that was ingrained in me early of like, yo, do whatever you gotta do. Mm-hmm. But like, you, this is what happens if you do these things, mm-hmm. you know? Be polite and then that's the rest of life, you It's know? true, yeah. I mean, that, those like, um, my, you know, yes, back to like blaming our parents for everything. Um, I was taught very early on this like crazy work ethic and mm-hmm. responsibility. You know, I can remember being in like, I don't know, eighth grade and my coach forgot to enter me in a meet and like I had to go and talk to him as opposed to like my parents talking mm-hmm. to him like, you know, and anyway, which is, you know, probably why I don't mind confrontation today. Yeah. Which is probably not terribly great at all times, but um, strong. there's a there, point. Sarah. I mean, the point is, is that I think that what really dove me into learning more about the power of sleep, about the power of connection, about the power of stress regulation was when I got pregnant mm. because I, um, I really wanted my kids to have a better opportunity. And there's just so much science that like your stress response is developed in utero. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I did this, a lot then. This is ultimate mental health. Crazy. Like, this is yeah. the ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what it all trickles down to is like our performance in everyday life, mm-hmm. you know, like beyond we, we, when we commonly talk about mental health, I think people think of, you know, depression and anxiety and it doesn't always look like that. Yeah. It can look like a variety of different things. Yeah. I mean, pain can be depressing. Um, you know, frustration with your job can be 
depressing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a sad looking person walking around every day. Yeah. Um, and, and all of those things will impact how our systems function, um, wow. which is why it's important to talk about, um, very true. and not just talk about it from like a, a toxic positivity standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, um, that we all just need to be happy. Like that's, fine. yeah, like that's not true. Like stress is good. Stress mm-hmm. is very much a good thing. And we have emotions for a reason. There's nothing. I, I was just telling my, my daughter this the other day. She, she got upset about something and, um, my husband was kind of frustrated with her because it was a very silly thing to get upset about. And I just looked at her and I'm like, I'm sorry, baby. And, um, and so then later that morning, I was in the shower and she's like, mom, I had a really good day. And I was like, well, that's great, sweetheart. But like, it's okay if you have a bad day too. Like you're allowed to be frustrated. You can get mad. You can do whatever you want. I'm like, it's just however you choose to show it or deal with it. And she goes, well, mommy, it made me really happy that you gave me a hug earlier. (gasps) Look at you! Do- look, you're doing a great job. It was that like is this- a- you're doing a great look, job. And she's teaching me, but like the fact that she could articulate that yeah. to me was like, oh, Sarah, like you who shows no emotion should probably <laughs> learn how to. Well, for one, primarily identify what you're feeling. Two, maybe express it. And three, maybe like thank people around you for how they're handling it. But I think my own perception of this situation of just the role of stress, the role of mental health, the role of movement, the role of pain, like all of it for me really came of significant importance once I had a kid. Yeah. Um, And it was like, okay, I want this kid to not, she's going to experience these things, but I want her to be, I want them to be equipped to handle them yeah and you know and if you don't if you if you don't have a kid similarly um I feel like I've just somehow come into that through all the work yeah. I've been doing yeah my, somehow just recently I feel like it's all been clicking and and it's like the same exact stuff you yeah know? And, I, and and I say that I've seen this happen in other women not in every woman but in a lot of women when they have babies and I'm like oh my god this is so exciting that you can achieve these things I thought you always had to be a mom to like get that to, to get that sort of slow it down mm-hmm. mama Instinct. knowledge you know mm-hmm. but like you don't so if no. you don't have a baby that's okay too no and and I think that's um again it just goes back to like resisting pressure mm-hmm. you can do this work whenever you choose to for me it didn't matter it wasn't a valued effort until I had another human inside of me yeah like whose DNA I had an opportunity to, to influence but like you could choose today to change the like coding inside of your system because it's for you right it just it just matters where you are in the journey and also if you're not ready today who gives a shit choose tomorrow or next year or you know but you have to want it and I think that's probably for you you've lived such an eclectic life and a life around health and wellness just with where you've been it's always been a huge part and it's been a huge part of Mm -hmm. I mean like you said going back to exercising before school and fourth grade yeah but also like the place that I've lived it's always been a part of the culture yeah like just like the everyday community yeah Yeah. and you're very much ingrained in that culture here in Mm -hmm. town um but there is I mean you know you and I run in circles where where people talk about this thing but like I talk about it with my parents and they're like what are you talking about oh my god I know stop seriously leave me alone like I'm, I'm, I'm constantly harassing them and they want nothing. And I know nothing to them, right? Like they don't want to know anything about what I'm talking about. Um, although my mom is, uh, 
recently newly into Pilates, which has been fun and really likes it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's fun. Pilates saves lives. Yeah. My mom and my aunts are doing Pilates today at the office. Oh, nice. That's so cool. (laughs) It's cool. I would say my parents are kind of on, um, kind of getting on board a little bit too. It's because both of them are terminally ill and just at the end of their lives. And I'm like, man, wouldn't it be cool if we can teach people that it doesn't have to be a life beginning or a life ending mm-hmm. to make these changes that you knew you needed the whole time. Absolutely. Like I must say, the two places that I've lived that I really spent a lot of time in that I loved um, was in a little island and then a little small town in the mountains. And in both of those places, it was quality of life was 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 quality of life and health was number one priority. Like it was even the boss would be like, well, then don't work anymore. If you can, I'll find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like that was the main thing. Mm-hmm. And that totally reset the way I looked at the world because then once you reach like a, a level, I think of, of happiest of happiness and homeostasis within you, then you're like, oh, I want to, I want to continue this. Yep. And I must, and then I must say, but then I moved back to the real world and it took me three years to get back up to where I was. Yeah, to re reacclimate yourself. Yeah. And then ugh, anyway, but so it's a practice. It is. Yeah. It's a practice. Yeah. Well, and you, you, you just said something that I say all the time, quality over qu- quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you work out one day a week, if it's a good workout and it made you feel good and you enjoyed it, done like Mm -hmm. that's perfectly fine um you know you gotta stop um going for the volume like Mm -hmm. it's it really is in every experience that you have and like yes is there times that you just have to eat shit Mm-hmm. excuse the phrase yeah 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 I mean it comes you know like yes there are opportunities that you just have to do things that you don't want to do that's called yeah. being an adult yeah but where you have places that you have control mm-hmm. yeah you can say like yes I want to do this or no I don't yeah um and that's across the board in so many different facets of your life yes girl amen that's the worst phrase isn't it what what I just said I my husband's in real estate and they all mm-hmm. have like oh I've spent the last nearly 10 years listening to him and all his bros talk <laughs> and I've I've acquired some of their gross Bro culture. lingo we're just yeah <laughs> well they're not even bros they're just dudes <laughs> and, uh, but it's such a expressive phase phrase yeah <laughs> <laughs> mommy but there's also like so much truth of it like when you when you said um like are there things you don't have to like things you don't want to do sometimes or sometimes you have yeah. to eat shit or whatnot yeah. you know like I can even, will even argue with this, that like, you know, you made that decision a long time ago to be an adult. If you want to, you can, like, I have friends that live in the woods and they will for the rest of their lives and they will never have to make any of these decisions that we have to make on a daily basis mm-hmm. at all. And that's what they choose. And they choose to live off of a hundred dollars a week and work whenever they bottom line have to. Yeah. And they're the happiest people I know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you don't, like, you really don't have to do any of those things. You know, so you're all choosing. I think, like, I think it's important to realize, like, you're choosing to do this. Yeah. You're choosing to do this every single day. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it. Yeah. No. And that's where we were just having this conversation earlier before we started. But, like, how much money do you have to make? You know, how much right. money do you want to make? And, like, what do you need? And it, it's just like this, you know, maybe off topic, but when you really think about it and then this last year should be a good example of it. I mean, think about how many people lost jobs or were furloughed mm-hmm. or didn't have access to the, you know, bajillion different fitness studios that they typically went to and the, the estheticians and the hairstylists. 
And yet we all survived. I know. <laughs> like, whoa, how'd that happen? Right? Less <laughs> is more. Less is more, for sure. Yeah. It's so, but, you know, I think, again, it just comes back to the same old topic of, like, what can you do to positively influence your stress system? Mm-hmm. Um, because the more you can regulate that, the more agile you are with, say, with doing the things that you do or don't want to do. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. And also ask yourself why three times. At least that's my advice. Yeah. But also when I, when I get really stressed, um, my back will hurt in the same spot mm-hmm. and it will take one conversation to make the pain go away. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. Yeah. We all have weaknesses. We all have little weak spots in our body Yeah. and that's, and stress shows up there. I mean, and it's, and it's way more common in women to, mm-hmm. to physically internalize stress than men, but men do it too. I want to mention this as like a springboard for like, you're gonna have to come back and talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said you said how you have the power to change like the makeup within your body, and um, how do you feel about epigenetics and the power that your brain has over to change your destiny? And by destiny, I mean to change like the formatting in your body, yeah. and yeah, then like which DNA. ultimately. Mm-hmm which ultimately is your destiny. Yeah. I think it's the coolest yeah. thing in the world. It is oh, cool. God. I don't know a ton about it, but I do know. I've only know, like read a couple articles, yeah, you know. But I do know that there is, um, you know, there are definitely certain cancers that they can tie back to environment. And um, Environment, do you mean like the air they're breathing or like mental environment? I think both. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that we have, we truly have, the opportunity to take our health into our own hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, your genetics might not be best. You know, if you've got a family history of hereditary conditions, there might not be a ton you can do about that, but there's certainly things you can do to help yourself. Um, but I, I alluded to this earlier, but like, you know, thoughts can dictate um, uh, physiology. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably what the basis of the epigenetics is, is mm-hmm. that like, the way that you think can change some of the chemicals that are circulating in our bloodstream and that those chemicals can f- either positively or negatively fight environmental toxins. Yes. Ah, I love it so and so much. those toxins, you know, if it's, you know, if you're living here in Cincinnati and you're in that Ohio River Valley where we have a lot of them, mm-hmm. um, or if you're somewhere else or it's, you know, because you eat all of the meats that are injected with whatever, <laughs> You know, I, I know no yeah. science about it. Um, so anyway, I think that that's probably the theory is that you have an ability to better prepare for a fight um, based off of what's happening in a, at a physiologic standpoint. And we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. Dr. Sarah Crawford, thank you so oh, much. my pleasure. So where can people find you? They can find us online at anchorcincywithaboy.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, Anchor Wellness, Cincy, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, Anchor Wellness, and um, apparently around quite a bit. You guys are around everywhere, and I feel so confidently in. Reach out to Dr. Sarah Crawford and her entire team. They're doing you are doing the work that is the wave of the future, and it's just, it, it's not, it's, it's the best. I, I, I stand behind you guys 100%. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. 100% oh. in, my, in my just experience of talking to you and absorbing you, and the way that you handle everything is unlike any doctor I've ever seen in my entire life, and I've been injured a lot and seen a lot of them. So well, I appreciate that. That's so true. Get on that, and uh, thank you so much for talking to you oh soon. Oh, my gosh, thank you. This was so fun. We have to do it again. Yeah, for oh. real. Right? She's the real deal, huh? Dang, I love it. I love it so much. 
Uh, her practice, if you go to it, it really will change your life. It changed mine. I wholeheartedly believe in her and all her women. They're on her team at Anchor Wellness Center in Cincinnati. That's AnchorCincy.com. And on Instagram at, at Anchor Wellness Cincy. Uh, we got more coming up for you, so just sit tight. Keep enjoying all this person of interest stuff. Like, subscribe, do all those things you got to do, and I hope you're enjoying it no matter where you are. And whatever it is you do today, make yourself proud, babes. Get your freak on. Stay freaky. Don't ever change. Just be you. All right? I could go all day about this. Anyway, love you. Bye.